progress. Hello. Do you want to play a game? Want to play a game, Sydney? If you win, I'll let him go free. If you lose, he dies. Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and staring me through the screen here is Daniel. Hello, hello. Today, we are going to do a throwback to the original Scream movie leading up to the, what, fifth one coming out next week? Yep, number yeah, five. Yeah, we thought with the fifth one coming out that we'd be fun to go back and do a uh, little throwback to the original that started it all. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and don't answer that phone. Don't answer the landline. <laughs> Ever. Never <laughs> answer a landline. Never. Especially or- if it's a red phone. Never answer a red landline. Or try to escape through a cat door. Or try and escape through a cat. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. But, um, cheers. <laughs> oh, we will get into all of that. Um, yeah. So I got, got some beer here. Surprise, surprise. It's called Lewitt Brewing Company, the Player's Handbook IPA series. Really cool art there. Kind of looks like yeah. hand drawn. Pretty yeah, cool. I've had a few of those. I have before. I had like the wizard one, and I I think I had the rogue. Well, this one is, um, Mm-mm. ooh, that's that's got an interesting flavor to it. Ooh, not what I was expecting, but all right, different. Nice. Well, I've got the red chair Northwest, uh, Northwest PA, <laughs> Northwest Pale Ale from Deschutes, and I haven't had one of these in a long time, but it uh, is good. They're good. They're one of my favorites to get this time of year. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, we'll do some movie news here. There's not too much movie news, I don't think, for the new year. Do you have a few things? I know. What do you got? For well, the well, we just watched a trailer because they just because they remember like they gave like a very limited teaser a little bit ago. Now we watched that. We talked about it. But today they put out a full trailer for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air remake that's going to be on peacock just called bel-air but they put out a full trailer for it and i'm more curious about what you think of it because you really liked the fresh prince of bel-air it's one of your favorite tv shows i do i really really like that i mean that was especially in junior high that was one of my go-tos i come home from school and watch before it's homework or anything any of that other stuff yeah uh yeah so yeah the full trailer two and a half minute long gave a lot of you know showed you a lot of stuff I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of just mixed feelings. I guess I'm going into this open-minded. Like, I actually wouldn't mind. I don't have Peacock, but I wouldn't mind if I watched somebody else's Peacock account or something. If I just, if I wouldn't mind watching it, is what I'm trying to say. Give it a shot, at least. Um, not not a not a premiere TV show that you're literally going to get a streaming service just to watch. No, not at all. I mean, I kind of, I guess, like, the different approach, if you are going to do kind of a reboot of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or a remake, whatever you want to call it, going for more of the drama side is kind of the way to go i, I don't know it's, it's mixed feelings i mean from just the trailer and someone who's seen the original start to finish i was like well this is not going to compare ever like this there's just no way but it's they're going a different route with everything but part of what the charm of the other one though was just all the actors in it especially you know obviously will smith and james avery and their relationship so yeah all the actors were just 
great in the original so to see them yeah the new people playing these characters is what's kind of be the hard part i think for me otherwise i kind of like the idea and the approach that they're going if they're going to introduce it to a new generation i don't know why not i don't know if it's going to stick the landing or not but i i kind of like that it feels fresh no pun intended (laughs) it feels fresh i mean i don't know it's been pretty We've been in the the world of gritty reboots for a while now. So mm-hmm. sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they work for a little bit, then they just go hard off the rails. Uh, I'm looking at you, Riverdale. Yeah. Uh, well, but... what's kind of weird now is, so back in 1990, when the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air first aired, hip-hop wasn't as popular, like not even close as popular as it was today. So yeah, it, it's kind of weird now because it, it's almost like I'm bringing Philly with me over here to LA in the modern sense. But like, I feel like LA already has philly in a sense all around it you know it definitely does i saw a lot of people talking about like you know well that's one of the things that made it like it was more of a new concept but now it's like deeply seeped into like la culture now yeah not not as much fish out of water as it was in 1990 no so i saw a lot of people talking about that that it's not just like the same culture but they're kind of trying to do the exact same yeah i mean you're still having obviously different a kid from the streets who's going to be living the high life now there's still going to be a lot of that culture shock for the character, but it's still, yeah. Again, like back the way, where things were back in 1990 versus now, just, yeah. It's not going to be as much of a fish out of water story per se. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm curious to see how it goes. I'm curious to see how people react to it and if they like it. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. It's just also, it's also way harder to remake a comedy. I mean, like, I guess making it a drama makes more sense. Yeah, if you this know. was like a, another comedy remake, I would be like, hell no. Yeah, but it's also just hard because like Will Smith is Will Smith. He's an I- iconic and like the Uncle Phil, you know, James Avery, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. also, icon- I mean, all super iconic roles for the most part, him, all of them, Carlton, like it's just like was lightning. Yeah, well, bottle, other- so it's- when Carlton came on the screen during the trailer, I'm like, ah, just not feeling him being Carlton yet. I mean, they're not going like a, a little nerd. Like he's like, yeah, I'm chess club, but he's also playing lacrosse. Like he's just, you know. All out overachiever. Yeah, sure yeah. deal. Whereas I think 1990 Carlton is more chess club and tennis court. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just curious. I don't know. Like I'm not like in a huge hurry to watch it. I think it comes out. February. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe... Maybe I'll check it out when it's all out, but I don't know. Just like not super interested. Like I, I liked the TV show, but I wasn't obsessed with it. So I'm not really super interested in this new reboot. Yeah. Remake, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Well, otherwise, if you have a hang on for the original, it's streaming on HBO Max right now. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have any other movie news besides that apparently yesterday on January 9th, at least it was announced on January 9th. I'm pretty sure he also did die, but Bob Saget died yesterday. Yes. 65. Freaking crazy. I did not think I'd open my phone and see that news. No. And I did check before we started recording. It still just says, you know, he died in his hotel room. Somebody called to do a wellness check on him and they found him dead, but nobody knows. That's that's all. Nobody knows. That's so crazy. We're not going to know anything else for a while. That's uh, just it's so crazy to me so we have a couple other deaths we're going to talk about and those are definitely yeah you don't want to see them go because they're both legends but 
they are old at the same time, really old. Whereas right. Bob Saget's only 65. So God, it, it just, yeah, that, that kind of hit. I was like, damn, sucks. I mean, I, I remember mean, watching reruns of Full House. And I remember watching a huge part of my childhood was watching America's Finest Home Videos, Bob oh, Saget yeah. hosting. And now, here's the star of America's Funniest Home Videos, Bob Saget. Oh, you're so happy to be here, and so am I. Hello, everybody. I'm Bob Saget, and welcome to America's Funniest Home Videos, which is a pretty good title, considering what you'll be seeing tonight is America's Funniest Home Videos. I love home movies, everybody, even other people's. So when I was asked to host a show made up of those private, real moments, I said, how much will I be getting paid for that? <laughs> oh, that's a joke. I actually said that is a great idea. We gave you handsome people of America, and I mean handsome. I'm not just kissing up either. You are good looking. We gave you people a simple task. We said, if what you shot makes you laugh, send it in. And you did. We received almost 2,000 tapes, most of which we erased and recorded our favorite movies on. <laughs> That's not true. No, we kept them, and you'll be seeing moments in people's lives tonight that even they never expected to see on national television. Well, you know what they say, one man's misfortune is another man's TV show. Oh, yeah, and not to here. mention, I always forget, but he was also the voiceover for How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always forget that that was him, but it was. Yeah, no, I mean, I grew up with Bob Sagan in the house, you know, because we watched Full House growing up and America's Funniest Home Videos, so... Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. I mean, and I always wanted to go see him do live too. And what that was one of the things I loved about him is his comedy on those shows versus his like stand-up comedy, like polar opposites. Yeah. I mean they called him yeah, Dirty Bob. Dirty Bob. <laughs> uh, so funny though. But yeah, I've seen a lot of celebrities come out today and like give their condolences, a lot of comedians. Yeah, it sucks. And I always wanted to see him live too. Like I really thought I'd one day see him live. No, not, not anymore. Stand it. Not anymore. Really sucks. Yeah. yeah, and he was he was one of my favorite cameos on the show Entourage. <laughs> he cameoed in a few different episodes, and he was hilarious. Bob, what you do not know about me is that I am twenty four seven. That is my middle fucking name, Scotty twenty four seven Lavin. What that means is that every time you turn around, anywhere, anytime, you will be looking at this that's just great scotty that's just what i want to be looking at while i'm sniffing a line of blow off her ass your fucking face that really completes the image well bob you will be missed yeah comedy legend gone and then, yeah that's the one that hits harder just because i'm like he was 65 like he was closer to like actually like you know he was in more things that we kind of grew up on i mean yes we also talked about well we haven't talked about it yet yeah the two other deaths were obviously which i was shocked that you you told me yesterday that you didn't find out that Betty White died until a couple days ago. No, it was like a week later. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, because Betty White, America's grandma, died at 99 oh, a week before her 100th birthday. Jeez. Which I know, I always forget. I'm like, yeah, Betty White, like, always just felt like she never really aged. Just felt like she stayed the same age for a really long time. But she was 99 and, you know. She was just days away from outgrown lego and just days away yeah so age three to 99 on the box so i think that was kind of like i heard about that immediately like everybody's talking about that but also it's just like yeah she was 99 everybody loved her but like 
99. There's I don't know. I didn't one. hear about that for a few days. It's weird. I can't believe that. That's crazy. But and then uh, on top of all that, like also Sydney, I'm having trouble pronouncing it. Sydney Poitier. Poitier. I think it's called pronounced Poitier. Sydney Poitier. Yeah. Sydney Poitier. Um, that's also died I, this week. He was 94, not quite like not quite as old as Betty White, but he was 94. Obviously, well, I remember watching our when we did like the movies, like, I think the movies docuseries series where we watched each um, each decade that they covered and we watched a few movies from each decade. But I remember I still haven't watched The Heat of Night, which I'm definitely going to go back and check that now. But I remember growing up at To Serve With Love because that was one of our mom's favorite movies. And I'd watch that movie a lot. Yeah. You know, but yeah, yeah. I've always... Go ahead. Sorry. Interrupt. I was just saying, like, I've only seen like that one. I still have. I haven't seen like. I feel like that's the only one I've seen, but I'm sure there's more. Um, but I would definitely like to check out In the Heat of the Night because. He was one of the actors that like they talked about heavily in that docuseries. And I wrote down several of his movies that I needed to check out and I never got around to it. But yeah, it was just like, go ahead. Say, I've only seen a couple of his movies and I would like to go check out more in his library. I just got for Christmas, I got his uh, book here. It's called The Measure of a Man, a spiritual bi- autobiography. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious to read it now for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's just, it's, I mean, I, yeah, a couple of them were old. Bob Saget was obviously a bit younger, you know, 65, still too soon. But yeah, it's like, damn, like, started 2022, like, three big ones. 2021. Those are big ones. Yeah, those are all legends that were lost. I mean, this is almost like, was it back in 2009 when we lost? um, I think it was like within a week of each other. Farrah Fawcett, Michael Jackson, and Patrick Swayze all in one week. That was crazy. It's kind of almost about, yeah, that big of a deal. Yeah, crazy. It's crazy. So, definitely. Well, everybody, you will be missed. You're all legends, and we will continue to watch your work. And it's so weird, just like weird happenstance that you got his autobiography Mm -hmm. like almost two weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, yeah. Crazy. So sure that'll help you more interested in reading it now yeah for sure yeah for sure well start getting to some scary stuff i guess yes now we can go into artificial horror horror, yeah we can go back to artificial horror instead of like the reality and mortality and fragility of life right we go to the slasher genre well i thought it'd be kind of fun beforehand before we get into the movie, if we went back and watched the original trailer put out for this movie. I mean, Jordan, there is a decent chance that you saw a trailer for this movie in a theater when you were a teenager. Oh, I guarantee I did. You never saw it when it came out, even though you were the demographic. No, I don't know why. Just never did. All right, here we go. Here we go. Jordan was probably going to get too scared. Hello. Hello. Who is this? Tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. 
I must say, I really enjoyed this opening scene. He's playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now, he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. She's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Get another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. <laughs> he didn't make the rules. The police are always on track. If they watch Palm Night and save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Everybody's a suspect! Go! Not scared, are you? Squeak. <laughs> Boy, yeah, do I that pretty much encapsulates the entire movie. Boy, do I miss those 90s trailers of the voiceover. <laughs> For one, they didn't give everything away in those trailers, but uh, yeah, I, I, that voiceover guy was in countless trailers in the 90s. Yeah. There, there was like two different ones, like distinct voice trailer guys. And it, yeah, it was great. And then there was also like in a world where blah, 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 went blah, blah, blah. blah, blah we give blah, you. Blah. The Screaming. The Screaminator. No. Yes. So, yeah, this cracks me up because I watched, Shiloh and I went through, it was two years ago now, but we never really watched them, but I'm a big horror fan. So, and she, well, she's a pretty big horror fan too. So we went through, and two years ago, we watched all the Scream movies, like one through four. You know, almost back, like not back to back, but, you know, we watched them in like a couple weeks and we had a great time with them. Like, and it's one of the things that like, if I had seen this, uh, one of these movies, like when, like when I was a teenager, I think I would have liked it, but I'm glad I watched it after I had have years of horror experience that just makes it that much more like that much better that much more rewarding if you're actually a fan of the genre and have watched multiple because mm-hmm. it just because the whole thing is scream is so unbelievably meta at the time and then as the movies progress it gets more meta too but like to have all that and just like you know even in the trailer they call it out how horror movies are predictable and dumb so i really really enjoy the series as a whole even the fourth one i thought I had fun watching, even though that's definitely the worst one. But I don't know. I'm just I'm excited to see the fifth one. Shiloh and I are probably going to see it on my birthday because it's just something fun that I it's just going to be a good time, probably. Hope. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Better be. But then Jordan, this actually came out when you were the prime demographic, but you never actually saw this when it came out. I was 13. I was just a baby. I couldn't be saying that kind of stuff. You were a prime demographic. You could have snuck into a theater to watch it. You probably, I probably, probably could and probably should have. I don't know how. Okay, so let's, let's just get everybody the background real quick. I have never seen a screen movie till yesterday. 
never seen one and you know there's just yeah just never bothered getting into it for whatever reason i mean not really i don't really watch too much horror anyway but daniel's very excited about the new one so i was thinking well how about i just go in with it, who is somebody who's never seen the franchise and just go straight in the fifth one but then we decided like eh, yeah, it'd be kind of fun to go back and talk to the first one so at least i'll watch the first one and then skip forward to the very last one but yes so i yes like halloween a couple months ago i have never seen a scream film till recently so yeah i sat down and watched this last night and yeah i don't know how i never snuck out to it I just, I just i don't know i just didn't care enough to but you're right i would have been the prime demographic for this and i probably would have loved it yeah i honestly probably 13 14 year old me would have probably loved this movie yeah you probably would have i mean i loved it when i watched it two years ago a little older than 13 but still after watching lot and slashers are like unapologetically like my favorite type of horror movie because I think they're just the most fun. Mm-hmm. And I either want horror to be extremely good and scary or I want it to be fun. And slashers are consistently fun. Yes, yes. Yes, they are. So, mm-hmm. so when, when was the first time you got introduced to this movie? Two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. Okay. That Two is years the- ago. We just, I, we had always, always heard about it. They had probably all of them stream on like Netflix or something. And we just watched all four. Okay. Of them. You weren't like, hey, I haven't seen those in a while. Let's, let's uh, watch them. But you had never seen them up until two years ago either. No, I know. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not like that much more, but I'm like, I have watched all of them at this point. Um, and I think we watch, I think we rewatched the first one this year and we didn't go through all of them again, but we definitely watched the first one this year. And especially since, you know, new screams coming out. So I'm like, kind of wish I did recap all of them, but I still remember them pretty freshly still. Yeah. Well, I, you want me to give like an overall, like just uh, basic thoughts on it? Yeah, I would like to hear your basic thoughts. As one, you have, <laughs> you've never seen it before. And two, you, well, one, yeah, you've never seen it before, but it came out like your era of movies. And I also want to know, since you're not a huge horror fan, like what you thought about it. So, never saw it before. Yes, I do remember seeing the trailers for it back in 1996. I knew Drew Barrymore, obviously, from the trailers. I, I don't know if I knew who Nev Campbell was. I never watched Party of Five. Maybe I had an idea who she was, just because seeing like commercials on TV for Party of Five. But, yeah, I didn't know who any of the other... I wasn't watching Friends or anything yet, so I had no idea who Courtney Cox was or... David Arquette, just no idea who any of them were. Drew Barrymore is about it. So I knew I knew she was in the movie. I knew she died in the first opening scene of the movie, but uh, still, that's all about all I knew. I you know recognized the poster, and you know saw trailers for all the other ones over the years too. But uh, yeah, never just for whatever reason, just did not sit down and watch them until yesterday. So sat down and watched it. I gotta say. Um, I think overall, I had a good time. I definitely, you know, falls into the slasher category. There's definitely some cheese now and then, for sure. I mean, oh, there's, part- there's a lot. It still has but, a very 90s cheese feel to it. Well, yeah, part of me was like, man, this is like American Pie done horror film. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, like, it, oh, it has, yeah, it has the 90s era all over it, but with, like, a very self-aware, like, they really ham it up a little bit because it's 90s horror but it's self-aware that it's trying to be 90s cliche horror right i mean in some ways they're kind of a scary movie and making fun of previous uh horror films leading up to it so yeah right. it is definitely self-aware i must say i really enjoyed that opening scene with drew barrymore 
yeah once it once it gets going like i mean you can you can kind of feel the fear that she's having in this like this guy's you know just going from some weirdo calling me up for some guy at school that wants to hit on me or you know whatever to holy crap what the hell's going on to oh my god there's my boyfriend out there tied up bleeding what the hell is going on yeah i mean and yeah the movie starts right away that opening scene is iconic too and do you have that like one of my favorite things is that like drew barrymore like they brought her in they almost sold it as like yeah Drew Barrymore, because she was a huge star. And people are like, holy shit, she's going to be in this horror movie. It's going to be awesome. And then one of like the first things they do is like they kill off the arguably the biggest star that's in the movie. No, she was the biggest name for sure. Yeah, she was all over the posters. The Yeah. But I'll finish up my mini review. So yeah, I mean, the movie continued on. And I don't want to say the best, I don't know. In some ways, my favorite part was that opening scene. I mean, from the it's time, a great scene. From the time the phone rings to her hanging from the tree is 13 minutes, and what an opening scene that was. Um, just remembering the uh, scary movie spoof on it when he's chasing the girl, stabs her, and then pulls the knife back, and it's got a fake breast implant stuck to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't crack me up. Anyway. Um, um, I don't want to say, but yes. What was I going to say? Nah, I lost my train of thought. First Sorry. 13 minutes. First 13 minutes. And I don't want to say that was the best, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was still probably my favorite part overall. There are still some great moments, though, for sure. Uh, I had no idea the Fonz was going to be in this movie. I had no idea he was in it. That was kind of Principal. fun. Principal. That was a good surprise there. Um, but yeah, then we definitely go into like 1990s high school, suburbia, small town. And so many sweaters. So many sweaters, yeah. <laughs> i don't know overall fun movie good little slasher there's some parts that kind of got me here and there like sometimes the, the way the uh, killer would get thrown around way too easy he go from a comp a competent killer to just like a goofball essentially and that kind of bugged me a little bit probably my next favorite kill in the whole movie though i do love that garage scene i thought that was great the garage door kill is one of my favorites because also i'm just like that would fucking suck yeah. like that's one of my like top five ways to die like not to die i don't want to drown i don't want to burn alive and i definitely do not want to be fucking crushed <laughs> I by just, a garage door stuck like in anything door. i don't want to be crushed to death in any sense of the the word i it's, no it's one of my fears yeah and i, I had no idea what courtney cox's character was going to be in this i didn't know yeah, Gail weather is she, she going to be a teacher in this like i had no clue what her character role was in this what did you think about her character as gail weathers and how they have like well, a weird little history well i want to i just want to finish up my initial thoughts here. Oh, i'm sorry get, i'm sorry go go we'll get into the whole thing um i just want to start this whole segment over okay it's all over the place now we're not going to start it over. But anyway, but yeah, like Courtney Cox, I had no idea what her role was going to be in this. I didn't know if she was going to be a parent or a teacher, even though she was probably only late 20s. But yeah, she, she could actually pass as a parent. <laughs> no idea what her role was going to be, but I actually liked her in this. Same with David Arquette. No idea. I, I knew both of them are all, all, they are in like every single one of these. So I knew, but I had no idea what their roles were. I know David Arquette was a fresh, you know, 25-year-old cop. <laughs> <laughs> older brother of one of the other characters played by uh that's another one i did, had no idea that um rose mcgowan i had no idea she was in this she plays she's the blonde girl cindy's friend right so no idea she was in this either anyway 
long story short, had fun, had a good time. And yeah, I'd watch another one. Good. Kind of kind of weird that I uh, took this long to get to it. But yeah, I think if I'd suddenly seen this back in what December of 1996, I would have had a hell of a good time at 13. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's more than anything, it really focuses on like, yes, there are some good horror elements like and Wes Craven, like what he did the original Friday the 13th. Um, you know, he's done a lot of horror. Did he? Yeah, we haven't talked about that. Wes Craven directed the film. Did he do the original Friday the 13th? Let me look up his biography real quick. I know he did A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Let me see. But he's done, like, I mean, he's huge. Like, he's done so much horror. Yes. Um, the Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, which I've never seen by here. That's a classic horror. That movie fucks Sw- me up. Swamp Thing, <laughs> Hills of Eyes Part 2, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Shocker. New Nightmare. Scream. And then Scream 2, 3. Yeah, sorry. Church. Not, yeah. He's. Oh, yeah. He did Red Eye. I never saw Red Eye. That was with uh, Cillian Murphy and I think uh, Rachel McAdams. I never saw that, but I heard it was good. Yeah. That, okay. was, like, that was like right when. Yeah. Like the okay, same time. Yeah, I same, got uh, his horror mix up. Yeah. He, he was not. Nightmare, or he was not Friday the Thirteenth. He was Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, and I do like their joke in there when they're t- they're talking on the phone. He's like Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, good movie. Of course, the sequels suck. <laughs> Which of course yeah. he never directed in the sequels, so that was just a funny jab. The shitty sequels. Yeah, <laughs> that it allegedly has. I've only seen the original. I mean, some of the sequels are pretty good, actually. Dream like Dream Warriors is great. Yeah, okay, but they're good in different ways. But anyway, I don't know. I, I thought this movie overall, you know, had a little bit of campiness to it, a little bit of just 90s teen comedy, it felt like, of course, but overall, fun little slasher film. And again, like, I guess let's just, yeah, start that opening scene. I mean, I thought that was really well done overall. I mean, Drew Barrymore I mean, the really tension, The way they build the tension, how it starts off playful, and then it immediately, like, he says something, you know, I think he's like, they say in the trailers, like, when she's just talking, it's like, I don't know, what do, what do you... That, like why do you care what my name is like well i need to know who i'm looking at through the window and that's when the tension starts to shift and one of my favorite things about that whole scene is as it's progressing in the until we get that fever pitch because it, it, well, it goes for- is the popcorn is slowly like ruminating on the stove in the background and essentially like it's going it's like bait it's cooking on the stove as the tension's building up in the scene which I think I always like that. I think that's awesome. I thought that was pretty clever. But yeah, it goes from playful to where like I'm kind of flirting with this guy to all of a sudden, yeah, when he's like, I want to see who I'm looking at. What'd you say? I want to know who I'm talking to. That's not what you said. And then the tension just rises from there. Exactly. You know, and just like in that, and then to her get him like, you know, the lights go out, turn on, there's her boyfriend, her jock boyfriend. Then lights go out again dead stabbed to death just in an instant and it's just so cool i mean it's it's an it's an amazing scene like, like, right, yeah kill that third... jack kill him and again jordan i know you we being on this all the time it's just like you know like movies don't need to be most movies don't need to be two two and a half hours long in 13 minutes 
it's delivered more tension than most movies can manage in their entire hour 30 minutes oh totally (laughs) and to just go from that and again one of the best thing is like yeah since drew barrymore was heavily you know in the advertising at the time that they thought that she was going to be the final girl right and then she just lead in the whole movie which I think she was supposed to be the final girl, but then she decided, I think she pitched well, it. She's like, no, it'd be better if I just died immediately. Well, she auditioned for the part of Sydney, but then they ended up making her the opening girl. I forget the name of the opening girl, but they made her the opening girl. But still, like you said, they kind of did what they did with Psycho, is you thought, oh, she's going to be the main the main one throughout the whole movie. And then like halfway into the movie, what, she's dead? What? Where's this going now? But then we bring us to like, I mean, Sydney Prescott is, I mean, I've, since I've watched all of them, she is one of the best final girls in horror. She's great final girl. And she continuously develops personality throughout like all the Scream movies. And, I, and I even guess, like from the trailer. I guess Wes Craven watched Party of Five and saw her and thought, hey, you know what she'd be? She's good. She, gets, she has that like innocent, innocent, innocentness to her. At the same time though, could hold her own and be believable you know she's believe i mean she's believably capable too right you know she, i think she yeah that's what makes her a great final girl it's like yeah she's not like i don't know she doesn't look like a dumb blonde like you know she just looks like she, she looks and talks and acts like she could realistically survive you know i don't know she's she's a great character overall and i still like it and it I like all the characters that they have. I mean, one of my favorite guys is the the horror movie nerd that just like explains to them the rules, he's which funny. you know is like essentially the meta character that just explains like yeah, horror movies like you can't have sex, you can't do all these things, Aww. you know. But I also love that they Don't lay out all the exact things that they're going through, and they still do most of those cliches and give them. Sometimes they're a little twist, but sometimes like. Like, I don't know. I just love how they go through all the horror cliches, but subvert them just enough to keep it more interesting and fresh while still being like, yeah, these horror movies are dumb, but they're fun. That's why people like them. Mm-hmm. You know, they sometimes get formulaic, but it's long as like you keep like, you know, do something interesting with it. It's fine, which is essentially Scream's whole message is, you know, horror can be fun and it can be the same still sort of deal. But I don't know. So you said the first 13 minutes is pretty much your favorite. What are some other scenes that you really liked? Some other scenes that I enjoyed. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, going through it. Um, I guess just a lot of it that, because a lot, I mean, the, the final act is that party, that party scene. Like, I think it's the last 40 minutes of the movie is that party at that house. I mean, the garage scene I thought was great. Yeah. <laughs> With Rose McGowan's character. That was pretty good stuff. I mean, how she goes hand to hand with the killer and then tries to escape through the doggy door, gets stuck. And then he just raises the door up and just basically breaks her neck. Snaps her in half. Yeah. You know, and I do love that. Cause she's like, and you know, it's kind of like you see her struggle. And I think like Ghostface is just kind of looking just like, what a dumbass, And just boom. <laughs> just turns it on. And just Well, crushed. what would you do though? If that's the only thing he potentially escaping. I'd be going I know, the but it's just. Too. I know. I know. I'm like, I feel like or, you would just or have maybe grabbing a rake, something, maybe a tool. I mean, it's a garage. There's probably tools. Your best bet for survival is going 
back out the way you came. Right. Well, you know, killer in the way though. I one thing I do love is every time he would kill somebody, he would take his hand and wipe the knife off, wipe the blood yeah. off the knife. That was great. I did. I, like I liked him. I liked his costume overall. I liked him. You know, as a bad guy. Um, I mean, iconic horror figure now. Iconic horror figure now. Yeah. What do they call? What do they call him? Ghostface. Yeah, they just call him Ghostface. Ghostface. All right. Um, yeah, and I guess I didn't know if there was going to be like a twist or anything like that. I think it was just some kind of psycho, psycho killer. I didn't really think there was like, oh, here's the reveal. These guys are actually the bad guys. I mean, they hint at the boyfriend like, oh, yeah, he's definitely the killer. I mean, they even point out, I was like, oh, yeah, they explain what red herrings are. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think they do. Or maybe that's in the second one. But for some reason, I still didn't see it being one of the, let's just say, one of the teenagers at the high school itself being the main killer. I For whatever reason... Yeah, I I thought he was like a grown adult, middle aged, just likes to kill teenagers. <laughs> I know, and but again, that's what's great about Scream. It's like, yeah, they heavily show up, like, yeah, the boyfriend definitely did it, you know, and then but they push it so hard that as a viewer, you're like, obviously they're trying to subvert my expectation. Like, right. obviously he didn't do it because they're trying too hard, but it's kind of like a double red herring where they're just like. Oh, but actually it is him, but there's also another one. There's also, two, that, that was the probably the biggest twist was two of them working together. Yeah. So I don't know, we jump on the gun to the end too quick. I'm trying to think what's some more in the middle stuff. Uh, well, one thing I wanted to, because Wes Craven directed this um, and we mentioned the Fonz and how like he plays the principal and he just kind of gets offhandedly killed just, you know, when he's just in his office. But one of the things that, one of the funniest things, like little nods to Wes Craven and Nightmare on Elm Street is when the principal like hears a knock on his door and then he opens it and looks both ways and he just sees a janitor. The janitor's dressed like Freddy Krueger. Right, and that was Wes Craven playing that part right there. Yeah. So I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) Hi, Freddy. Just one of the, I mean, it's pretty obvious not, but it's it's something you can miss if you don't pay attention. But I, I always just thought that was funny. Um, I mean, some of my favorite, what am I trying to say? I mean, just what is his name? Billy, her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Billy. I mean, yeah, I get, he's not supposed to be like necessarily, he's just, but he's like a the fucking guys creepy were, guy. The guys in this were cheese. And yeah, I just had creepy vibes to him, a couple of them. They yeah they were just it's like babe what do you mean we can't have sex can we at least touch over the clothes <laughs> sort of <laughs> yeah it is I that was type of dialogue so hard when he delivered that line can we at least touch over the clothes yeah pretty I mean that's that's not touch that's almost what he said um yeah I mean, I mean he's asking for foreplay but yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh okay well okay we we kind of touched on courtney cox because you didn't know what her involvement was and honestly i love her character especially in the first one as gail weathers where they starts them off with a history that um essentially sydney already knows all about gail weathers because he essentially like threw her mom under the bus and her whole family under the bus when her mom got murdered mm-hmm. like years before and i love their opening scene where she's just like trying to give her like trying to interview her being an asshole and then she just punched and sydney just turns around and punches her in the face that was awesome that still it gets me every time (laughs) i like when they're reminiscing about it and like yeah and then you were like boom right in the face 
He's like, fuck uh, that bitch. That was pretty funny. And no, officer, I, like, I, I Let's go ahead. Oh, I said and her and Officer Dewey, like David Arquette's character. He's he does crack me up. Like, yeah, they they he, they don't do him too dirty. Uh, I, I think I'm more thinking of like how they do him in Scary Movie. Mm-hmm. The first one, they totally trash his entire character in the parody. But is he, I always does he play love... the parody? Is he in that as a parody of himself or? No, it's, I don't. I haven't seen so. Scary Movie since it first was in theaters. I watched that last year because I'd never actually watched any of them. But they did. But I mean, I love Officer Dean, which I always just feel bad. Just like, hey, sis, like mom says, when I'm in the uniform, you have to listen to me. She's like, oh, my God, shut up, Dewey. Like, we're going now. (laughs) Just like poor Dewey. All he's trying to do is help his sister's friend out. And he gets shit on constantly. I Yeah, not knowing Rose McGowan's in. I liked her as the friend. I thought, uh, what was your friend's name? I I thought she did good in that role. Uh, what is the name of the friend? It starts with a T, I think. It says Sydney and Tatum. That's right. Tatum. Yeah, Tatum. What a memorable name. I know. You have Stuart. Tatum. <laughs> Randy, Billy. Billy. Uh, like, yep. Those were my friend's names. I was Tatum, Sydney, Billy, and they just sound, which also it just sounds like made up characters too it does she's kind of it's all part of the fun but i don't know I, fun stuff though um trying to care stuff to discuss here um i guess i'm thinking of courtney cox's character too i yeah i liked her character i thought especially she had some good moments at the end yeah she and she her character has a little bit of an arc she went because she was very like I'm doing this for myself, you know, it's going to get me a new book deal or something like she's, it's all about herself at the beginning. Yeah. Very career oriented. But uh, then she kind of has a little bit of a turning and I, I actually like the ending a lot. Once all the like doofus head kids clear out, like, the principal's hanging at the school. Oh, cool. Let's go see. Once they get rid of all those characters, then the real fun begins. Mm-hmm. So yeah and i i, I like yeah i think pretty much everybody's character moment in that because yeah you have her and her friend which her friend did her friend not remind you or uh her uh, cameraman did he not remind you of silent bob he did i know he just gets shit on constantly but it also cracks me up like their little dynamic <laughs> oh man it was funny and yeah <laughs> totally reminds me of silent bob and ironically enough there's a vhs of clerks on the uh top of the tv in one of the scenes yeah <laughs> I mean, it's also because it's one of those movies that it's made by people who love movies and who love especially horror movies. Yeah, it's just it's great. But his character is good. But yeah, the, everything I thought in that ending was just great. I mean, yeah, especially like you said, you said like you like the third act because it's essentially at the at the house at the house party, and that's when we get like the uh, the horror movie buff guy that just kind of explains everything. Like he kind of just like explains the entire plot of the movie like as what happened before this like act and then what happens in the act like he's like you can't have sex you know and then sydney and billy have sex up in <laughs> in their room you know yeah i just love how he uh, just what a way to lose your virginity too sleeping with a killer <laughs> hey you don't know you don't know you don't know you. you know everybody makes mistakes and you know they always say your first time's your worst time so you know 
that was bottom of the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> Can only go up from here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Even if he's not a nice guy the next time, you can't be as bad as your first boyfriend who literally murdered a bunch of people. Yeah, no, and that, that'd be my line every time. Like, hey, why don't you leave that dish in the sink? Oh, I'm sorry. At least I didn't try to murder you. Yeah, yeah am I right? Okay. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that still sounds abusive, but funny. <laughs> could have been worse. So leaving that in the sink, I could try to kill you. Exactly. I know, I know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, to, uh, what are some well, what are some of your favorite parts of that last scene? I mean, what, some of, what what is it? What is your favorite scene in general? I, I, again, I think my f- overall favorite two are the very big opening scene and the garage scene. But I, that's I hard because like those are like two of the best scenes well, too. Um, once, once we get revealed who the killers are, I do like all the stuff that happens around that too. Yeah, I don't. I'm but, trying to think of like of something different besides just. I mean, yeah, the opening thirteen minutes iconic for a reason. That's an amazing scene. Um, that I do love the crotch door too. It's just one of my favorites, but um, so it's two of those. I'm just trying to think of anything else that's more iconic or something else entirely. I don't know. I just, I love the entire house. Right? Like third act's amazing. Courtney Cox's character, like everything she does in the movie is so dickish to like a hilarious level that I just, she, I love her character in this movie. Well, she's, she's like, I tell you to snap out, you snap out. I know you're like 55 pounds overweight, but when I tell you to get here over here, you get over here. Yeah. It's just, like she's horrible, but it's hilarious. It you is. know? And, and um, you, you like her by the end, which I think that's what I like about it too. And yeah, you kind of see her, her and uh, Dewey taking the liking to each other, which ironically enough, they end up getting married in real life. Yep. And then they ironically enough, get divorced in real life. Yeah, eventually, I think. And that plays into the sequels. Oh, really? Yeah, no shit. They do. It's very <laughs> meta. Okay. Eh, that's fun, though, I guess. <laughs> yeah. At least they're, they like each other enough to still do movies together because they're both in the next one. Yeah, I know, right? So it's just... I don't know. I mean, it's just like, uh, it's a lot of little moments throughout. But yeah, like the, we've already kind of talked about the iconic stuff. But just like the characters like like everything the characters do are pretty great like i said i love gail weathers you know i love officer dewey and oh, i love when she turns the car on and blood is covering the windshield yeah that was a great moment through it but yeah when the other guy comes running up hey she bam just knocks him in the face with whatever it was i forget what it was but yeah knocks him in the head that was great yeah um Trying to think. I don't know. I can't think of anything else in particular off the top of my head. I mean, it's just a lot of character moments. and I just love the movie. It's a great fucking movie. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, trying to think of where this, like, what it means, like, culturally, where it stands. I mean, I think it, overall, considered a classic, it's got... I mean, almost 20 years, over 20 years later. Yeah, it's been over 20 years now, because they had the first three pretty quick. Like, I think it was 96, 97 for the second one, just a year later. I guess um, the writer trying to blend his name right now um writer kevin williamson he after at the end of the script had a five-page treatment for a sequel and when the first one was starting to make money they're like hey will you write the sequel for us so he's like sure will and yeah i mean it was like a year later the scream 2 came out 
Yeah, and it's really weird because Scream 2, and a lot of people say the third one, like in the original Screams, the third one's the worst. I find I like the third one better than the second one. The second one is kind of interesting because I remember watching it. I'm like, this just feels weird. It feels like nothing really makes sense. And then they kind of pull a reveal at the end. And it doesn't really. Of the second one? Of the second one. But what's interesting about that is they, it was written completely different. But since the Scream, since the original Scream was so popular that it was sought out and they leaked the Scream 2 script before the movie came out. So they completely rewrote it. That was like dial-up days. Yeah, well, that, but, yeah, the, the, uh, the script got leaked. The killers were leaked. So they just completely scrapped it and pretty much rewrote the whole thing. Really? Huh. Yeah. That kind of blows. Yeah. So it's like, kind of, it's not my favorite, but the third one just kind of goes off in like a crazy way uh, that I really like the third one too. But the second one is still decent. But it's just kind of like this weird... 1997 who who all is in the sequel here i'm looking like nev campbell's back courtney cox is back jada pick a smith enters the cast heather graham is in the oh man maybe i should watch this one <laughs> it's great i mean still they're still all pretty solid movies nice man heather graham in 1997 yeah because i don't think i don't think i knew who she was i know she had boogie nights in 96 but i didn't know who she was till i saw her in austin powers in 1999 all right uh i try to think of some other good fun moments here but yeah this is interesting film is it was cool to finally sit down and watch this film it's been yeah just over what 25 years now yep just over 25 Came out years. in 1996 so yeah it, it was, was interesting good. i appreciate that they're releasing the fifth one around this time because the original one what they did for the original release for marketing purposes i guess is you know, horror movies usually come out around the fall. Well, they released Scream over Christmas break when it came out because they're like, nothing else is going to be like it. And teenagers will like, they're all off of school. They'll all go see oh, the movie fuck to it. because nothing else is going to be in theaters that they're yeah. really going to be wanting. They don't want to see the Santa Claus too. <laughs> exactly. Like, they're just like, okay, there's a bunch of Christmas and family movies, but if you really want, you know, put it out when nothing else around it is like scream so that's what they did and it worked and you know now i mean it's not christmas but i mean it's january close enough yeah cool yes that's no, i was gonna say <laughs> like, yeah, but, that's, not, it. That, that's, that's good that's a good marketing strategy though right there and it worked because it was highly successful and had a sequel a year later exactly pretty pretty sweet yeah i didn't i didn't uh look up the box office for it Maybe i should do that real quick I'll look it up real quick real box quick it's real quick he's googling he's googling scream scream box office opening let's well what it make opening domestic opening 6.3 which by today's standards is like a total flop opening weekend but so domestically it crossed 100 million with 103 and then internationally 70 so 173 which for its budget of 14 million i mean that's a huge hit 
Yeah. I mean, it made half its budget back in the opening weekend. Like, yeah. again, that's horror movie 101 is you make it cheap. And then even if it just needs moderate success to get double your return. Heck yeah. Well, that's eh, fun. Anyway, I guess we'll start wrapping up here. I, I overall, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Again, it was fun to just go revisit this classic that I just had never seen before. And yeah, it'd be interesting going into the brand new one. <laughs> I'll be missing a lot of a story in between, but that's all right. Yeah, I mean, you will. Maybe I'm kind of curious if any one. of it will actually be consequential. I mean, really, you got introduced to the characters and you'll just see them like literally 20 years later. Jump forward 20 years later and see where they are now. I mean, is it the, pretty much the same cast as... Uh, is I mean, Newt, I think Nev Campbell in this one, the new Nev one? Campbell is the yeah, Nev Campbell's in it, Dewey's in it, um, Courtney Cox is back, Nev Campbell, yeah, Courtney Cox. So, all the Dave legacy Arquette. characters that have survived three movies or four movies, technically, all the legacy characters that have survived are still in Scream 5. Sweet which is great i'm i'm super happy that you know because it's kind of like a reboot but like you know i don't know i'm still happy <laughs> that they've kept all these characters still around because i enjoy the hell out of these movies it's probably i mean as far as like all the horror franchise that i jo- it's probably one of my favorite ones like it's not as high up there as like um the evil dead series um but as far as like just slashers go i think it's probably one of my favorite series sweet well i look forward to watching more but yeah that, that was pretty fun i liked it Alrighty. well yeah i think that wraps it up here for our conclusion of the original scream overall holds up for the most part i would say i think so i mean yeah it's got 90s but horror is campy so i think it's still just got it just got a little campier than it was at initial release which is fine i still really enjoy it i think it's definitely worth a watch i haven't watched they came out with like a scream mtv series a few years ago mm-hmm. and i never really watched that because you know mtv shows are usually pretty crappy anyway garbage yeah yeah so i don't know but i'm i'm definitely really excited and i'm sure no matter what i'm gonna enjoy scream 5 overall i think i'm just gonna have fun and that's what this these series are. So, heck yeah! All right, well, yeah, let's wrap it up here, Daniel. Where can they find us? They can find us online on movies underscore brews on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you, everybody, for downloading the show. If you like it, share it with others. We'll be back next week with Scream Five. Until the then, until then, don't answer that landline. Don't answer that landline. Nope, never answer a landline. Not even once. Not even once. Cheers. Cheers.